This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So good to see you again. Hope you're doing well. And this week, I wanted to do a report from the valley, just to bring you up to date on some happenings. So here we go. Hi, well, we're down giving the evening feed to the girls. They're just a little bit on edge. It's not quite still. Not too much winds, but the winds coming from the north. So they were pleased for their food this afternoon. Uh, but they're just a little bit off, a bit off, because we've lost, uh, we lost Nia, one of the older girls that was in a coat. She just had a funny, odd few days. We'd have a day and she wouldn't come down, and then the next meal she'd be fine and really hungry. And then it's been gone for a week or two now. Nothing specific, can't find anything, couldn't find anything, nothing obvious. Just just a bit kind of, hmm. So she was just short of 15, so a good age, reasonable, good, reasonably good age anyway. Uh, nothing specific, didn't appear to be having any problems with anemia or, or anything like that. A little bit of mucky around the eyes yesterday. Uh, no, day before yesterday. So... Um, yeah, she didn't really eat, settled quickly, didn't really eat. And then, so I took some food and, and she had a bit, kind of played with it really, didn't really have very much. And then, um, but she did go off with the others. when they Eventually when they moved off, she went with them and then noticed they'd gone and left her on the bank side. So she kind of was tucked in by the rushes and reeds. And she just sort of stayed there, and they they wandered off. They went off to the onto the terraces. So that meant that uh, she was kind of abandoned. And I'm thinking, oh, the last thing I want is her deciding she's going to follow them over and go through the water and then get wet, and it's going to be cold at night. And uh, so we worked out. We we went and fetched the girls and brought them back this side of the lake, and she was on the other side. And we went walked around and and kind of. So I managed to get it to stand up and come down off the slope of the the bank just above the lake. Well, then she, she uh, had enough and she was just going to sit down. She wasn't going anywhere more. That was enough. Uh, couldn't get it to stand on her feet. You know, nothing specific. A little bit mucky around the eyes. A little bit of um, stuff in the corner of the eye. You know, a little bit pussy kind of stuff. So that's usually a sign of being a bit under the weather. Um, with something going on, so but nothing obvious. Checked her out, no, no jaw swelling, no, etc., etc. So, yeah. So then we um, we moved her a little bit, but not very far. Got went and fetched a, one of the rubber mats and put that under her, so she was sitting on the mat. And we kind of, I could move her a little bit to, to sit her on the mat. That was one of the youngsters going too near Owena, going looking for milk, so where she shouldn't. Oh dear. She's all right. She's all right. She's all right. She's all right. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, so she, was, she sat on the mat and we kind of left her and, and 
the others were looking with great interest from the car park from the other side of the lake, across the lake to where she was. Brunia just sat there. She was up erect and um, alert, but she, yeah, not too keen. We took her some water and she had a bit of a drink. We took her some hay and she was eating some hay. Um, yeah, there we are. So we decided, the know, we could leave her overnight outside. She was going to be too exposed, so we have to bring her back. And she's got a coat on all this time as well. So we then fetched, um, we pulled the mat. It's not easy, this inch thick, inch and a half thick mat, trying to grab hold of it and then pull it along with her sat on it. <laughs> she's a heavy lump. Oh, bless her. So we, in the end, came back and we did move her a little bit, you know, sort of 10 metres and stuff. And it, was, it was really hard work. So we got the tarpaulin and uh, got that under the mat. And then there was enough kind of, we could make enough of, of a loop with the, the end of the tarpaulin to put it over my shoulder. And, and Sue was with me as well. And we, so we dragged, um, we dragged her along. She wasn't inclined to get off this at all. And we dragged her all the way along and we managed to have a few breaks along the way, but we managed to get all the way up. You know, we walked her all, we pu pulled this thing all the way, got it up the slope, that was hard. Oh, gravity, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Got it up near the stable and got under the flat and just, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to, last little bit, we'll, we'll get it around the corner, it's just about going to fit through the thing. She popped to her feet and she walked around the corner and walked into the little stable for us. Uh, so we, we tucked her up there, closed the shutter in and, and so she'd stay nice and warm put her in some hay and some dry food and some water and she kind of fiddled with a bit and then she sat down, settled. Um, yeah, poor old girl. So the others um, had gone off, so they went around and I left the light on and stuff and came down and checked on her later on. And she was up near the door, um, so I was able to tuck some hay round to make her comfortable, um, some hay to eat but also some hay to, to give a bit of warmth and a bit of comfort around uh, around the edge but uh, coming down in the morning after that um, she'd gone so we're still in the same place and she we'd made her as comfortable as we could do and it's just one of those things sometimes there's nothing specific and there's not enough whatever you do is not enough and you just kind of live with the mystery of it really um, when I came down in the morning um, there were a number of them around, well, they were all down in, in around the stable in the, the corral area, but there were some sat right by the door. Um, and there were others that, that knew she was in there and Oana, uh, because she's a bit taller, could kind of look over and stuff. So so there was a, an awareness, they were just a little bit subdued then. So what we did in the end um, was open up the door to that little stable and it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating, to see what the rest of them did. And they, some were immediately there and, and came over and some were, were off at the other side of the, the little corral bit and they, they kind of were looking and they, they, they knew, they knew. They knew something was going on and they knew that she was there and stuff. And really interesting. They then took it in turns the whole group of them, different times, would come over and have a little sniff. Um, and just, just kind of check out what the situation was and just 
almost like almost like they were they're paying their respects. It was really really interesting. Um, we've done this before, and it's, it's a challenge to know: Are you doing the right thing? Uh, do you just kind of, when one of them dies, do you just take them take them away? And sometimes I've done that with the babies. Um, if they've, they've you know lost a career, and it's yeah. But also, I've learned that it's helpful to to let them see the one that's that's died and be around and then so the, the, the girls have been around and they stayed around down in the stable area here a long quite a long time and and just around and, and different ones would go over and have a little sniff and just thing. and then and then they decided oh it's time time to go and they they off they wandered so we were able to to, to move the body then but it was yeah just a really interesting experience seeing a group of them and how they were interacting with, with the lost. And it, it throws them, it throws the whole group. They get... Um, they're, they're subdued, really subdued. They do know um, that they've lost one. Yeah, it's interesting. And so really subdued. And then today, a little bit, a little bit off and subdued again, they're still not quite in it. It does take a few days just for them to to come to terms and, and settle. So, yeah, so that was a, that was a sad day. So that's, that's Nia. Nia was the one, she was born, um, I remember the story of Megan. Megan was, she's just in front of me here. <laughs> Somebody's stood on a bucket and tipped it out, so there's some on the ground. So she's cleaning up, <laughs> very good. But um, Megan, was born 11 o'clock on a sunny day under the tree just in front, in front of the house here. Um, the other two, it was about three o'clock, quarter past three in the afternoon. So I'm thinking, oh, they're not gonna, there's nobody going to give birth today. And they were within a week or two, two weeks of, of, of expected dates. And so I walked down, <laughs> they were all down the, the far end in the, in the uh, what we call the, the garden paddock. And uh, under a tree, it was kind of wet and grey and it was starting to rain and it was a bit miserable and so I said, come on then girls let me give you tea no oh no no stay there I can see legs and one of them had started giving birth and that kicked off the other one so there's there's two on the go and uh this was this was the pair that were born in the rain in the afternoon uh and then they both arrived well one arrived on the ground first and then that 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 triggered <laughs> um and it was Megan I think no, no, not Megan. It was um, Hermione who kind of latched onto the wrong baby. So uh, we ended up with number two. That was Megan was number one. Number two was um, Owen, who was the herd sire for a long time, and and then number three was Nia. Um, except actually, it was the other way. So Nia was born first, and she should have been number two. But anyway. Uh, and then when we got the, the ear tags around the wrong way, <laughs> not to worry, <laughs> they didn't care. <clears throat> so they're going to wander off from down here, mainly just picking her way through the mud and stuff. Uh, it's not that muddy, but so yeah. So they uh, gave birth, and it was a bit of a challenge, and we had to carry the baby, and I had two mothers following me with this baby in the rain. <laughs> We put them in the stable, and we separated them either end of the stable. And by the morning, they had it 
<laughs> I got attached. The mums had got attached to the right baby, so they were okay after that. But she was a sweetie, really. Nia was a special. I've got, I've got. Uh, they're all favourites, but Nia was one of my particular favourites, and she. We had a, a good understanding. She was a, she was a lovely, a lovely girl. So anyway, that's a bit of a loss, um, but we will all adjust because we have to. Who's doing the talking here? I think that's Megan doing the talking. She doesn't normally do that. Yeah. So yeah, so Megan was was a particular friend of of Nia's. They were, they were, you know, both born around the same time. And the, the, the morning when she, she wouldn't kind of come over and feed, um, then Megan had been sat right up next to her all night. They were over by the hay feeder overnight. Yeah, so she's, yeah, Megan's particularly just a little bit off. Interesting. So there we go. So we, there's all this kind of stuff we can't apply to uh, the alpaca's human characteristics. We're not being anthropomorphic, but it's interesting just watching how they know and how they interact as a as a group. And when they when something like this happens, how it then affects them all. No, they're all finished now. They've all headed off to the far end of the garden to sit under a tree overnight. It's cold. I'm, I'm cold. Um, they got some lovely fluffy fleece at the moment because it's been dry, but it's just been a bit colder at night. Um, so they'll be fine. Yeah, so that's a sad story. Sorry about that. Um, but much appreciated she was. And some lovely fleece. And lovely characteristic, uh, sort of a lovely character she had. And a lovely temperament. And some lovely, lovely offspring. Uh, she's the one who had the brown, the brown patch, big, darker brown. She was a, a dark fawn, and then she had this dark patch on her rump, on the side, side of her rump, and then she passed that on. The first, first one landed on, on the in the middle of the face, of Seren, so she's got this brown nose and goes back and it's the eyebrows and the, t the bottoms of her ears. It's this kind of band of, of colour that goes back across the face, uh, both sides, so equal. But, um, and then the one after that was. Um, who was after that? Well, anyway, the brown spot, <laughs> I can't remember the name, but the brown spot was on the top of the head, but it was very, it was lighter, it's kind of reduced in intensity. Um, mm. So that's, that's our kind of report of the week uh, and what's been going on. And we just carry on doing the best we can for each of them and for all of them, etc. So I hope you've had a good week yourself, and it hasn't been <laughs> quite as momentous as ours. 
And uh, yeah, we'll catch you again next time. So take care. If you can, go spend some time with the alpacas. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.